There's a place in the world for connection. There's a voice in the dark that will guide you through. And a space just for you to get better. Oh, 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 Shanna says it's time. It's time, it's time, it's time. It's time for part two of Millennial Parenting. This episode is maybe a couple <clears throat> My throat. This episode is maybe a couple days late because I've been sick. I'm still sick. Uh, but I really wanted to just get this episode off the ground. Please forgive my background noise. I'm, I'm recording in uh, something like a coffee shop or uh, just an open area so I cannot I cannot buffer the background noise right now but I hope that my voice is clear enough and thank you guys so much for tuning in um, this is the I think second to last episode before we close out season one so I'm really excited about that season two I promise y'all it's gonna be more just more more thought more preparation all of that so joining me here today is Corey, a new friend of mine he is the definition of kind and sweet he is absolutely amazing he is the definition of what it truly means to just be a good human yeah, we need more of that in the world. Now, last week we spoke to a parent, a millennial mom, and, you know, essentially Vicky was pointing us all in the direction of having kids. She's like, guys, go have babies. But I wanted to balance that discussion. So I have a friend of mine, Corey, who is not a dad, but he's absolutely fantastic though. Corey, I think if you were to become a dad, quite possibly be one of the best are you sure you don't want children Corey? well first off thank you for those kind words it's probably the nicest thing anyone has said to me in a long time of course you're welcome Corey. um it was easy to say because they're all true uh just to insert right here guys Corey is 30 years old uh, he is in the service industry. Corey also teaches guitar lessons to young children. Uh, what else does Corey do? Corey, aren't you like a chef too? <laughs> he does so many amazing things. Uh, but he's not a dad, like I said. And he, uh, he doesn't necessarily want children. Uh, but he's such a wonderful human being. And I would like to to really just hear from his perspective on why it is, you know, he doesn't want kids, how he feels about, you know, persons continuing to copulate. Uh, how many persons, how many humans are on earth though? 
I think it's over 7 billion. <laughs> Do we really need more children? Do we really need more humans? Uh, but I think the task of parenthood is just such a huge one. And I'm just very cautious about even starting that journey myself because I just feel like we live in a, a messy world, you know? Uh, the possibility to have a great life is there for sure. But then there are also so many challenges and obstacles that may await that, you know, one might ask in a very serious way. Um, is it worth bringing a human who isn't already here into the world? Uh, yeah, so Corey, Corey joins me today and yeah. get into it so thank you for the compliment you're welcome Corey <laughs> I, th I think when it comes to having children one of the bigger reasons why I personally wouldn't want a more of goes wrong of the kind of climate we live in right now mm. I wouldn't really want to bring up a child in the United States with all the rhetoric that's gone around the last four to five years and you know, I, I spent a lot of time living in California as well, yeah, dealing yeah. with wildfires and having to move around a lot. And I wouldn't want to really bring a child into this world if I didn't feel... I would, I would feel more comfortable bringing a child into the world if there was a good establishment for education, if this just massive amount of polarized hate wasn't really around. Mm. I, I, I think a big thing would be, like, I would like to see more social justice and just people to be friendly to one another again. Yeah. But I would also want that child to come into the world with a good foundation, like a solid home, happy parents. And from a financial standpoint, like I would want that home to be mostly paid for. Yeah, I think that's one of the that's one of the challenges for millennials now. They do want to have that financial stability. You know, when they think about bringing a child into the world, but it's not so easy. Yeah, no, like and yeah, I'm no economist, but I don't imagine things to go down in price, especially houses or like land. They're it's not like <laughs> you know you can only build so many houses, but as you build houses, living on the West Coast and even in the center of the United States, you run into places that have been known places for wildfires and natural yeah. disasters, and it almost this might not even fall into like you might need housing reform even. Yeah, yeah. So it's a situation where quite possibly you'd be more prone to to adopt as opposed to having your own because it would be better to help out you know perhaps children who are already here than to create a whole human being and to bring them into what you know the world is i'm all for adoption i i totally agree that there's more children in the world that need good mentors and good parents and good homes than anything else and yeah i can't really endorse adoption enough. If I was at the right point in my life with a partner, 
I think I would want to have the discussion to adopt before having our own children. Do you think uh, a lot of millennials who currently are opposed to having kids or who aren't sure if they want kids, it's largely due to their singledom? Perhaps if they had a partner, they'd think differently about children? I think it kind of varies to where what your background is. Mm-hmm. I know a number of people who are my age who are happily married and like love children. They want more children. They'll adopt kids too. <laughs> then I know some people who are, they really value their personal freedoms and independence. And mm. I think it really comes from your own background. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that's and what your childhood it. was and what you want your adulthood to be. Because one of the things that Vicky said in the episode last week was that, you know, with her son, she loves him to death, but she hardly has any time to do anything. You know, sometimes she'll get like maybe one day free from her son and she's like, okay, what am I supposed to do now? I don't know what to do with myself. Which brings me to my next question, Corey. You teach guitar lessons. I do. To kids how old? I give... Uh, I, I like to break it up into beginner, intermediate, and then I don't like to say advanced. I like to call them just continued learners. Mm-hmm. So I, my youngest guitar student is eight. He is going to be awesome. My mm-hmm. oldest guitar student right now is 35. So I have a pretty big gap in between those. But I really love to teach children fundamentals. Music's one of those things that doesn't really have boundaries of any sorts. Uh, I, I teach mostly jazz and blues, but... there's this moment where it's like a light bulb when a child gets a chord right for the first time or they hear a guitar plugged into an amplifier for the first time. That's not something that a lot of kids have access to. Mm, And when I say amp, I mean like a really loud amp, like a Fender or a Marshall. Mm -hmm. And they just, they become elated. Um, I, I, I think for any age group, music or even art, those fundamental lessons are just really important and as someone who wants to better children and just be a mentor figure mm-hmm. I, giving lessons is very fulfilling one of the I like that you ended with that note um, one of the things that we highlighted in last week's episode was that children sort of represent the kind of hope that the world needs is that too much pressure do you feel that we're putting in kids so for example <clears throat> sorry my throat i'm sick so for example um when you're around your guitar students do you feel oh wow they're gonna make a difference in the world i think i can just maybe umbrella blanket a part of this where in a way we're all kind of standing on the shoulders of the past generation mm-hmm. Outside of music, let's even say architecture or just a day-to-day life, like the newer generation will hopefully and has surpassed the previous generation, maybe excluding the generation that was in World War II. They did a whole lot, but, you know, people are just going to improve and get better. And when I look at young guitar players now, even five, ten years ago, they're head over heels with capability. And definitely exposure to the internet has a lot to do with that. Mm-hmm. But as technology advances, younger generations are going to continue. I have a huge amount of hope for younger generations. Do you think we're going to be 
better off as global citizens? My hope is that the current millennial generation will kind of start paving the road or building the foundation for, say, I don't know what the next generation is called, <laughs> and do a huge amount of the work. They're but very I, technologically savvy. Yeah. yeah. And, but I think it's going to be the generation after them that's going to really flourish from the work that has been done. Mm. I have a lot of hope for these young people, and I think it's our job as aging millennials to maybe steer them. Oh, gosh, them in a good Corey. Way. <laughs> Why do you have to put it like that? Aging. <laughs> oh, we're the aging millennials. I could say elder millennial. <sighs> <laughs> oh my, I'm t I'm 27, I'm going to be 28 this year, and I'm like, how does 30 feel, Corey? My back hurts. <laughs> <laughs> my back hurts already. Well, <laughs> my knee you know, hurts. You know, oh, well, just more creaks. It is what it is. So, okay, hypothetically speaking, a few years from now, how you feel changes, and you have kids. Who do you imagine yourself to be as a dad? Ooh, that is a toughie. Mm -hmm. So I would want to be not so much of a helicopter parent because mm. I feel like a child needs to be able to be able to explore things and not have a huge safety net in a way. Like you need to be able to have those bumps and bruises and have that happen. I, I feel like if you hover around too much and maybe they're too sheltered. if you're too sheltered i feel like you miss things yeah um but at the same time i wouldn't want to be super distant mm. I, I wouldn't really want to be like an anthony bourdain parent who would always be away <laughs> um yeah i get yeah. you i get you um so just enough leg room um to truly experience some of the challenges that would prepare them for life yeah but just also enough support to just remind them that you know dad is there yes so let me throw another curveball into that scenario your wife is not in the picture say she passes or you guys get divorced whatever the situation is and no you are a single dad so i know single mom you know being a single mom is very common but on the other end, I know you have a lot of amazing single dads, you know. Um, what do you imagine that would be like for you? And how do you see yourself fitting that role of that missing mom? Well, I can pull from my own experience. Um, when I was young, my dad had passed away and my mom oh, was a single mother. I'm sorry to hear oh, that. Oh, that's totally okay. It okay. happens, it's how it goes. Um, so, I, so my mom, for example, super tough, amazing, strong woman, like my favorite lady in the world. She's my best friend. Hi, mom. I know she's amazing <laughs> because you're amazing, Corey. Oh. And I'm not saying this. So normally one of the things that interviewers like to do is to just make their guests feel comfortable. We throw some compliments around and so on and so forth and what have you. But Corey, you are genuinely a very compassionate human being. And I remember the first week or second week that I met you, I'm just like, his parents did a very good job. It's very clear that your values are very substantial, you know? I digress. Go <laughs> well, back to your story. I will definitely <laughs> tell my mother those very kind things. Yeah. So what my mom did that I see in hindsight as an adult is 
she totally overturned her entire life. And I didn't notice these things as a grieving nine, ten year old. Yeah. Where my mom used to be a painter. She used to work at the Philadelphia Museum of Art. Um, with the money she had gotten through life insurance, she went to nursing school. Yeah. And I was put into uh, day programs for music and for whatever reason, sports. I am not inclined to sports. <laughs> um, but that was to have someone watch and mentor and help grow me as she went to school to support us. Yeah. If I was put in a similar situation as that, I would probably go back to being a chef, but at a place that only did breakfasts. And it takes a village in that situation. It does. I would definitely reach out to some help from family and be like, please help me with this. <laughs> um, and I would definitely change my entire existence to be that I like that, that. Child. the fact that immediately you're willing to say, this is not a one-man job mm -hmm. and I need help. Yeah. So let me just get that from the get-go. Yeah, I, I think I, maybe this is a pride thing. I don't see it too often, though, where I feel like people take on this kind of responsibility by themselves when they don't have to. I don't see that a lot, um, but I, I'm not a parent, as we know, but <laughs> I do feel like when you're a parent, it immediately is all about that child or children. So given that situation, th that thinking of it being for the child or children would just be multiplied by a huge amount. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I think we're pretty much finished. Cool. Um, Thank you for joining me, Corey. Thank you for having me. Before before we end, though, what advice would you give to millennials who don't want kids but feel that type of pressure, um, you know, whether it's from family or from friends who are parents or just, you know, society in general, you know, to have kids? What advice would you would you give those millennials? If you have a, a, a trained skill or a hobby you really enjoy, maybe become some sort of a mentor or do some sort of community outreach. Mm -hmm. Maybe if you're looking for something in your life that's missing but you don't want children, that is a good way to use that time. Mm -hmm. But also you're directly affecting someone else's life. Yeah. And if you have nieces and nephews, just like spend time with them. But what advice would you give millennials who feel pressured by outside persons? You know, what would you say? You know what? The next time somebody pressures you into having a child and you know you don't want one, say this. Ooh. <laughs> Maybe frame the reasons why you don't want those children. Mm -hmm. But in a very nice little package. like Maybe just like a small 15-second elevator pitch. Really... Having becoming a parent is such a personal choice. I don't feel like you need to have to justify that to anyone. But you know, people will ask and pressure. But maybe devise a small elevator pitch. Like maybe it's a political reason, or you know, maybe you're waiting for World War Three yeah. to break out and we all <laughs> get blown up. Hopefully not. But you know, you hopefully know. not. <laughs> um. Yeah. Okay. That's actually pretty solid advice, Thank I'd you. say. Um. So yeah, guys, we are at the end. This discussion was just so lovely. It was just short and sweet and just perfect. Um, so the next episode, guys, World Sleep Day is coming up. So I'm going to dive into the benefits of sleep as if I need to remind you guys. But we're going to be doing an episode on that. Um, so yeah, until next time, get some sleep. And also, if you've made it to the end of the episode, I love you.